Welcome to Clear Thinking, a podcast by Better Broadhead. I'm your host, Petter Johansson. We are a coalition serving the communities of the Broadhead School District, working to reduce youth substance use, bullying, and dating violence through education, awareness, and advocacy. This is episode 26, part two of our series about prevention and outreach to the LGBTQ community. Today, we are talking again with Megan Altfilish, the Community Services Coordinator for Better Broadhead. Before we continue, as the producer, I feel a need to acknowledge and apologize for some background noise throughout the recording. It may be a bit distracting, but I hope you'll bear with us through this short conversation. We'll get a cleaner take the next time. Thank you for your understanding. Welcome back, Megan. Glad to have you on the podcast again. Uh, Today's episode is a continuation of our last conversation uh, supporting the LGBTQ community uh, here in Broadhead and Greene County. And just a a quick reminder for our listeners why we're doing this. Uh, We are a prevention coalition, and in our prevention work, uh, we know that LGBTQ youth are at a higher risk for substance use and have higher rates of mental health issues. And uh, this is uh, supported by statistics nationally and locally, and it's also been supported through self-reporting within our own community. And so we know that one way that we as a community can make a difference for uh, these kids is through our support uh, of that population. And so these are meant to be a series of educational episodes to help us grow in our learning and our understanding and hopefully equip ourselves to be a more supportive and safe community for LGBTQ plus youth and adults. Now, this episode may seem a bit basic, um, but I have found, and I know Megan has found uh, in our work, that there is some anxiety for people, even among straight allies, around the terminology, just using the words, using the language. We worry about using the wrong words. We don't really understand the words and what they mean, and so we, we lack confidence talking about these issues and having these larger conversations. Uh, and sometimes those larger conversations get put aside or ignored altogether. And so we'd like to take some time this episode to just do a quick flyover of some of the basic terminology. So I think the first thing for us to cover is sex, gender, and sexuality. I'm using as a resource genderbread.org. That's a website that you can visit. They have a really great visual to go with this, and they have some really simple, basic definitions, um, along with several other resources, uh, including um, blog posts and essays and um, lots of information that we're not going to share here. But if this is something you want to dive into, I encourage you to check out genderbread.org and take a look there. Uh, But first, let's talk about sex. We're talking about anatomical sex, sometimes called biological sex or physical sex. And that's comprised of things like genitals, chromosomes, hormones, body hair, and more. Uh, It is not gender. Gender is something different, and it's uh, a bit more nuanced. There are a lot of different things to talk about with gender. So first, let's just talk about gender identity. Uh, The gender identity is your psychological sense of self who you, in your head, know yourself to be based on how much you align or don't align with what you understand to be the options for gender. That brings us to gender expression. Gender expression is the ways that you present gender through your actions, clothing, demeanor, and more. Your outward-facing self and how that's interpreted by others based on gender norms. 
And then when we get to sexuality, what we're talking about there is attraction. And so, like sex, attraction isn't really a component of gender. However, we often conflate sexual orientation with gender or categorize the attraction we experience in gendered ways. And sexuality is often the first thing we think of when we think about LGBTQIA+. Um, And so we're going to move on to those letters in a moment and discuss what each of those stand for and what those words mean. Um, But I think it's also important uh, to note that as we talk about sex and gender and sexuality, um, that none of these things are a binary. It isn't one thing or another. Um, They're all a spectrum. And there's also some fluidity to this. So people may find themselves anywhere on that spectrum, and they may find themselves uh, able to move uh, throughout that spectrum. And I think it's also important to note that there's um, a lot to do with intersectionality, Um, people identifying in different ways in any number of these categories. So let's jump into the letters. Megan, why don't you get us started on that? Yeah, so oftentimes um, when speaking with people, they they might not even understand um, or know what LGBTQIA plus stands for. Um, and so they have some apprehension about even talking about it. So we wanted to go a little further and explain what each of those letters mean. And so we will start with L. Um, and L stands for lesbian. And a lesbian is a woman who is sexually and or romantically attracted to another woman. The next letter in the sequence is G. And G stands for gay. And while most often associated with men, in its broadest meaning, this is a person who is sexually and or romantically attracted to people of the same sex. The next letter, LGB, is um, B stands for bisexual. And bisexual means a person who is sexually and or romantically attracted to men and women. The next letter is LGBT, so that the T stands for transgender. And what transgender means is it is, in its broadest meaning, this umbrella term encompasses anyone whose self-identity, behavior, or anatomy falls outside of societal gender norms and expectations. Um, The next letter is Q. And Q can stand for queer and or questioning. What queer stands for is a simple label to explain orientations, uh, gender identities, and or gender expressions that do not conform to societal expectations. And some people view this as a term of empowerment and others strongly dislike this term. Um, And questioning stands for a person who is unsure about their orientation and or their gender identity. I is the next letter and I stands for intersex. And um, what intersex is, it stands for a person whose biological anatomy and or genes vary from the expected male or female anatomy and or genetics. So people with intersex conditions should not be assumed to be transgender. And the next letter is A. So A stands for asexual. And to be asexual, it is a person who has no sexual orientation and or has a lack of interest in sex. So it is an intimate, uh, romantic, and or affectional relationship 
um, that may be desired. And, and then there's a plus at the end of LGBTQIA+. And what the plus, it encompasses many other identities and orientations. Um, and there are just a few other ones that we wanted to touch on um, in this podcast today. And Petter, is there one um, that you were specifically thinking to touch on? Uh, sure, yeah. I think the, um, a couple words come to mind that would fit into that plus. Uh, one would be non-binary, um, and that's a person who does not identify as a man or a woman. They might identify as both, neither, somewhere in between, a different gender or no gender at all. They may prefer other terms for themselves, like gender queer, gender expansive, gender fluid, two-spirit, agender, etc. An additional term is pansexual, and this is a person who is sexually and or romantically attracted to people regardless of their gender identity, gender expression, or biological sex. The term goes way beyond a gender binary. All right, so just in having this conversation, we've been using some other words that people may not be familiar with. Um, Megan, can you talk a little bit about what we mean when we talk about binary and gender binary? Yes. Um, So gender binary is the concept that everyone must be one of the two genders, man or woman. And that is definitely not the case. So that's a lot of words and a lot of definitions. And um, there's a lot more words that we we could get into. And of course, any one of these words could could lead us to a a whole conversation um, that we're not going to have in this episode. Uh, We really are just reading from a list. Uh, We just want to give you these words and give you these definitions um, to give you a little bit more confidence using them. Um, And we understand that this is complicated. Uh, For some of you, you may remember a time when it was enough to just say gay or gay and lesbian, um, and we keep adding letters to it, and uh, it can become a little bit overwhelming. You know, now we have all these letters, LGBTQIA+, and that plus encompassing so many other things that we may or may not understand. Um, And so for those of you... Uh, who may identify as cisgender heterosexual, like me, um, or like Megan. Um, those of us who are, are, are not necessarily part of this community but want to be supportive of the community, um, this can be something that gets in our way. And so, so I encourage you to uh, you know, go back and, and listen again to some of these definitions if they're new to you. Um, encourage you to go do some more research on your own using genderbread.org um, or some other resources. But have these conversations. Uh, this is how we can be an ally. Uh, another simple way for us to be an ally is just simply paying closer attention to the pronouns that we use. And Megan, would you like to talk to, talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So pronouns are really important to use because you can't always know what someone's pronouns are just by looking at them. So by correctly asking um, and using someone's pronouns, it's one of the most basic ways to show your respect for their gender identity. And, you know, when someone is referred to with the wrong pronoun, it can make them feel disrespected, invalidated, dismissed, or, you know, even, even alienated. So, it, you know, most people, most people understand the use of, you know, he, him, or she, her pronouns. Um, however, if someone chooses the preferred pronouns, they, them, that's where it seems where more people tend to get confused and they, them is, is used just the same as he, him, or she, her. It's just, it's different. And it's, it's not necessarily, um, it might not feel comfortable, but however, you know, 
if you, if you try, that is one of the most important things. And if you make a mistake, that's totally fine. It happens to everyone. Um, you know, just apologize quickly, correct yourself and then move on. And, and that's the, one of the best things that you can do is just ask someone their pronouns and then try and use them correctly. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. And, you know, to our listeners, this may seem like a, like a really simple thing. Like, um, you know, it should just be assumed that one's pronouns are, are what you assume them to be. Um, my pronouns are he, him, and his. And you might assume that by, by hearing my voice, by um, meeting with me and that sort of thing. Um, but it isn't always assumed. And, you know, especially as we um, are interacting with people who, you know, may identify as non-binary or gender non-conforming or gender queer, um, they may present more feminine or more masculine. Um, and so... Uh, so it isn't always clear what pronouns they prefer. Um, and the problem is when we make assumptions and when we use a pronoun that isn't, isn't the way that they would want to be addressed. And so if you're not sure, uh, introduce yourself and use your pronouns. Um, or you can always ask. You know, it's better to ask and to uh, show respect for the person by using their preferred pronouns than it is to make assumptions about what you think they should be and how you think they should um, identify themselves. And I think it's also important to note that using your own pronouns, I'm assuming um, that many of our audience are, are people who identify as, as straight or as cisgender, um, identifying with the, the gender that goes with the sex that they were assigned at birth. And why it's important for, for those of us, uh, cisgender heterosexual allies, to use pronouns and to use words like cisgender and heterosexual uh, is it helps to normalize this language um, in the lives of those who, who don't fit into what society would label as normal. Um, and so by all of us using this language uh, and talking about ourselves and interacting with others, um, we're helping to broaden the box, if you will, um, that society would put us in. And hopefully making this community safer for everyone. Thanks for listening to Clear Thinking, a podcast produced by Better Broadhead. We are a federal grant-funded community coalition, building a community where everyone is valued and safe. To learn more about our work, to join as a volunteer, or to contact us about this or any other episode of the podcast, visit us on the web at betterbroadhead.org or find us on Facebook. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of one another.